Zephan Blacksburg here with an interview for the Life Rescripted Summit, and today I'm joined by Charlie Posnick. And Charlie is an online business startup coach and a champion of disillusioned employees everywhere. He is passionate about helping professionals break free from career dissatisfaction and build a life and business they truly love. Charlie is the host of the Boomer Business Owner Podcast and has interviewed over 300 top online business experts, thought leaders, and evolutionary entrepreneurs and today he is joining us to talk a little bit about business online business and also some health things that we were talking about before we jumped on the call how are you doing today charlie i'm excellent zeph and thanks so much for having me awesome well i i'd love to hear just a little bit of your history just to share with everyone kind of how you got to uh the boomer business owner podcast and why it was so important for you to start this mission well i um I started out of college. I started my own business, so I've always been entrepreneurially inclined. Um, about five years into it, I started reading, this is probably the mid-80s, I started reading the Wall Street Journal, and I saw that people my age were literally making like 10 times what I was making. And I'm thinking, they're probably not 10 times as smart as me, but I realized it's, uh, you know, if it's like Al Capone said, why does he rob banks? It's where the money is. So these were people all in the finance business. So being primarily motivated at the time by money, I sold my business, went back to graduate school, and for almost 20 years, uh, worked in the investment business. And it was a great experience. I learned a lot. I met a lot of good people, made some good money. But at the end of the day, it, you know, the whole um, the saying, if you're not willing to work on building your own dream, someone else will happily help you build theirs, I thought that was really you know, an apt quote, if you will. And I just found myself just doing things for other people and, again, building up their business. And I wanted to do my own thing. So probably in... Um, in the mid-2000s, maybe 2005, started to explore online stuff, uh, started an eBay business, can conducted probably 3,000 transactions on eBay, started a couple of blog-related websites, uh, wound up selling them. So I've always been involved or interested, at least the last 10 years or so, in online business. And you know, from my experience and just looking at people today, I guess my, my position is that a lot of people are doing what they do from a work standpoint, primarily if not solely for the money. And it doesn't have to be the case. If you want it to be the case, if you like that, that's fine. But you know, the concept of, well, I like basket weaving and I can't make a living basket weaving, you know, I'm not convinced that that's the case. That makes sense. I I was actually one of those big fans of eBay back when I was in college because you mm -hmm. know that's the one time where you have the least amount of money, mm -hmm. and so I would like buy stuff and resell it on eBay for more money. I would get I'd be that guy going down to the bookstore when it was time to buy your mm -hmm. books at the beginning of the year, and I would find the books that were worth more online and yeah. buy them just to resell them. And it, it's a great business. It's a great way to make extra money and to get out of you know whatever it is that you're in. You know if it's a full time job, if it's a part time job. Um, where did the the boomer business owner come into play? Was this something where you were like, I've done a lot of really cool things and everyone's kind of looking at me and wondering how I do it? Because I know that, you know, when I first started my business, my parents were kind of like, I have no clue how you make money, but I know that you make money and you pay your rent. So that's a good thing. <laughs> well, I was just coming off my epic failure. Uh, my previous business was a pet supplement business. And I was just looking around and, and trying to think of what's next. And I was talking to some people and they basically said, what problems do you experience? And even though I've been in the online space, like back in 2005, 2007, it was like drinking from this big fire hose. And today, it's almost like drinking from a fire hose, but a smaller fire hose. So I started to think, you know, why is that? And 
someone brought up the the uh, terms to me: digital immigrant and digital native. So kids these days, they're brought up in the digital environment. They're native to the digital environment where folks my age, let's just say maybe the 40s and up, weren't brought up in that. So they don't really understand. They don't know that. So I thought there was an opportunity. I called it the boomer business owner, but the term boomer, it's not about a, an age demographic as much as a mindset. It's more of a proxy for kind of digital immigrant, somebody who doesn't really understand what goes on behind the scenes online business. So my thought was, how can I help those people uh, start an online business doing something they enjoy. It, uh, that makes perfect sense. I mean, that's something that everybody kind of dreams about is being able to a make money that you know sustains their lifestyle, but b to make money doing something that they really enjoy doing, as opposed to settling for a corporate job. Um, what types of online businesses are you seeing uh, as being really successful just at this point in time? I know that things kind of change as the years go by. Uh, I know Pat Flynn first got his start making money just by blogging and having Google ads on his pages and people click them and he makes money. Uh, but things are changing a little bit. You know, people don't click ads like that nearly as much. Um, what are you seeing as the trend, you know, maybe right now? And then uh, what's a guess as to, you know, five years out where we'll be? Well, I think people are always going to make money with e-commerce, selling products and services online. My focus is primarily more on online, uh, or excuse me, on information-based businesses. And yeah, to your point, an information-based business can be a blog that you monetize with ads. Uh, from my experience, I, I think a lot of people are wanting to learn, at least you know, kind of in my age bracket, they, they, they do want to learn things for whatever reason. So the concept of take, building an information-based business where you're offering coaching program, one-on-one -on -one coaching, a course, some way to kind of disseminate information that people are willing to pay for. And so this is information about, I'm guessing, anything from health to running a better business to marketing to pretty much any niche and industry, right? Yeah, I guess my but the, when I work with somebody, if I'm working with you, the first thing I want to find out is what you enjoy doing. Personally, I get plugged in with the passion word a little bit. I think it's just a, just too uh, too narrowing. Like you could spend your whole life trying to think about what is the one passion thing you're passionate about. But if I just said, you know, Zephan, what do you like doing? There's this great exercise I read it in the book. A number of years ago, I cannot for the life of me remember what book it was, but it was a three-minute exercise. It's take a piece of paper, ten rows, three columns, and take one minute, write down ten things you enjoy doing. You know, walking my dog, working out, sleeping, you know, whatever. And then the next column, take one minute of ten things you can enjoy, you, excuse me, you can do to make money doing something you enjoy. I enjoy walking my dog. Well, I can, you know, walk other people's dogs. And the third column is something you can do to make a lot of money doing that thing you enjoy. So in that situation, I can start a dog walking business or dog walking franchise. The whole concept of that exercise is so that you can see that you can not only make money, but you can make a lot of money doing something you enjoy. So I don't really care what it is. If you um, are a bookkeeper and at, when you go home in the evenings on the weekends, you like basket weaving, I want to help you monetize that. Uh, maybe if you don't like talking to people, well, maybe it's in the form of a course or something like that. But uh, that's the, the process I take pe people through, think through that stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and what do you have to say to the people who think that uh, they don't necessarily have a marketable skill? Because I know that everyone has a skill in something, um, you know, and I think they don't realize that there's an audience there for, for everything. So what do you have to tell to them when they say, oh, well, I don't know if I know anything that's worth selling? 
Um, you know, lots of people are going to have self-doubts. Uh, I'm a real big proponent of just kind of getting in the game. And I would probably say uh, I really feel like there is some market for it. Can you make a million dollars or $10 million? Not sure about that. Can you make some money doing it? I'm pretty sure about that. But regardless of what I say, get in the game and do something. The cost to entry, the barriers to entry are so low with an online business relative to a brick and mortar business, it doesn't make sense in my mind not to start doing something and kind of see where that takes you. Yeah, I mean, right now you can basically, as long as you have an internet connection, you can do anything you'd like. There's, uh -huh. you know, run to a Starbucks and get the free Wi-Fi connection and you've got a business. And uh, there's even uh, just the things like you and I do with our podcast to support having a business. Uh, you really only need an iPhone to record a podcast if you really want to go minimalist. So uh, I, I don't think that there's any barrier to entry at this point in time. Uh, and if anyone's sitting there thinking, well, I, I don't have any of the money, eh, there's WordPress, free website creation. There's, you know, as long as you have internet, there's a way to do it. Um, and everybody has to start from somewhere. Uh, now, what does the business look like now for you, and and how is it bringing in a profit that allows you to live, you know, a lifestyle in the way in which you'd like to? Well, I've done a number of podcast episodes, so I do do podcast coaching. It's one uh, area monetization. Uh, I started a mastermind group probably nine months ago, uh, and that's another area monetization. And just next, uh, not next week, probably in a couple weeks, I'm about to launch a gr uh, group coaching program. For helping people with online business. To this point, it was more just kind of helping people out and maybe they, uh, people in the mastermind group, things like that. But it's going to be a more formal uh, group coaching program. Very cool. So you've found a way to basically leave the option of a corporate job or a nine to five job totally behind and become fully self-sustaining with this. Um, how long has, has it taken you to get to the 300 uh, interview marker with, with the podcast? Well, John Dumas was my podcast mentor, so I modeled myself after him. I was doing a seven-day-a-week podcast for several months. Um, I made a decision at some point that I didn't want to be a podcaster. I'm an online business person, so I, I kind of cut back on my interview schedule so I could focus on other things, whether it's writing blog posts, haven't done any videos yet, uh, and just you know, kind of working on my business in other ways. So um, let me see, I've been doing this now for about a year and a half. It's almost exactly a year and a half, and I'm about 350 episodes. Very nice. So it really yeah. doesn't take all too long to build that. And it, how does the podcast feed into uh, your services that allow you to make money? Well, it's a credibility builder. You know, you get the, you get the podcast out there. However, you get it out there, you have people hopefully subscribing and downloading and listening. So, you know, they people resonate with me or they don't resonate with me. And when I first started the mastermind group, I only sent uh, something to my list and got a handful of people to sign up for the group. So, um, I think it's a credibility builder. And um, you know, one other point I'd like to make, if you don't mind, is doing an interview-based podcast, Stefan, is probably one of the best business decisions I've ever made in my life. It's just incredible. The quality of people I've met, you've obviously been on the show. Um, I've done, I've started mastermind groups with people that I've interviewed. I've become friends with people I've interviewed. Uh, I've engaged people for their services that I've interviewed. It's just incredible. I can't say enough about uh, the benefits to me and I would assert to a lot of other people for doing an interview-based podcast. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that over, so we just released episode 40 this morning, and I think over the course of those 40 episodes, it started January of 2015, it's now July of 2015, Mm -hmm. Um, it's definitely been rewarding, uh, having met those 40 people on top of, you know, working on this summit, I've interviewed another 35 or so people. So, you know, I've already met 70 to 80 people uh, who are, you know, all extremely successful business owners have been uh, giving me a lot of helpful tips and tools along the way and just starting to get to that point where I'm actually meeting them in person. So it's no Mm -hmm. longer just a face over Skype. I'm actually running into them at conferences. And that's been Mm -hmm. really pretty rewarding. Um, Tell me a little bit about uh, taking care of yourself through this whole process. Just to switch gears a little bit, I know before we jumped on the call, uh, I noticed you have a standing desk and, you know, you've learned some things from a mutual friend of ours that have helped, you know, change your life. And I've been learning a lot more about how, you know, if you don't take care of your body, then who needs a business? Because the business isn't going to run if you don't have a body to run it with. Um, so maybe just speak a little bit as to, you know, what you have there going on with your office setup, and uh, maybe any other changes in your life that you've made to, you know, help yourself run a better business. Yeah, one of your other uh, guests on the summit, Dr. Carey, uh, I interviewed her for my podcast and I just really latched on to uh, a phrase she used and she said, uh, you should look at your health as your number one business asset. And I've always, health is, is probably the most important thing to me in my life. And there's always been, I've always had a balance between kind of health and business. I, I, again, I like the way she phrased that. Um, but it's just, uh, it's there's there's so many there's, I don't know if it's a study or a report or something that um, someone said that if you're sitting at your desk eight hours a day and you go work out for like two hours a day, that does not offset the negative effects of you sitting at your desk hunched over or however you're sitting for eight hours a day on an ongoing basis. I mean, it's just scary to think about that kind of stuff. So with the stand-up desk, I try to do what I can. Uh, I have the luxury, the pleasure of working out with a trainer, and he said to me, go get a kettlebell for your home. And every hour or so, just go in the living room and just do some you know, kettlebell swings, just kind of get your body moving. I mean, that has made uh, a traumatic difference. And the other thing I focus on regarding my health is uh, just diet uh, and nutrition. I read the book, The Primal Blueprint by Mark Sisson, and um, you know, it deals a lot with the kind of paleo eating. So I'm not really, you know, totally into any one particular thing, but just the concept of what to eat and uh, maybe what not to eat, or more appropriately, how that stuff affects your body and affects your health has just become, you know, really eye-opening for me. Yeah, I actually, uh, so two really cool things there. I actually have multiple kettlebells in my garage right now. Um, but I really like that you said, you know, every hour or so go down and do a mm-hmm. couple of swings or do a few movements. Uh, I like that and I'm definitely going to, to take that away and, mm-hmm. and do that myself. Uh, and I didn't think about that, you know, a, a one or two hour workout doesn't negate the fact that you were sitting in a chair mm-hmm. for seven, nine, 12 hours out of the day. Um, it, it's not very proportional despite the fact that after, you know, a 30 minute workout, we might feel totally spent. Uh, so that's definitely something to keep in mind. Um, and, and then as far as the paleo diet, I actually was strictly paleo for about a year, year and a half. Um, and I just, I missed pizza and other things way too much. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, paleo is an excellent diet that I highly advise anybody who is looking to, you know, just create a successful lifestyle outside of their business and taking care of themselves. Um, as long as your diet, if you're okay with adding meat to your diet, because it's a good amount of meat and veggies, uh, you know, healthy nuts and things like that, cutting out a lot of dairy and sweets. Um, but I did notice a huge difference both in my body composition and my weight. I'm sure you probably notice a big difference too. Yeah, and if I may add, well, first off, if anybody looks at the picture that I have, it's on my website, and you probably have it on your website of me, I think at the time I was like 205 or something like that, and now I'm kind of pushing 180, so big difference there, um, but I, I also want to relate a quick story. Um, I've been into alternative medicine since the early 80s, and I uh, have been going to see this naturopath, and a couple years ago, when I first started to go see him, he was doing some tests and things like that. And he, he gave me, you know, some comment, you know, Charlie, I think you should really uh, you know, cut out uh, sweets and dairy and sugar and blah, 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 blah. And I kind of just got mad. And I basically said in a nice way, you know, dude, that's not going to happen. It's just not realistic. And he had this pregnant pause. And the two words he said next have changed my life and will change my life forever. And he said to me, 80%. So don't worry about not eating sugar, but maybe if you can cut it out 80%, cut out 80% of what you eat. So what that does now is it gives me options. So you're not telling me what I can't do because if you tell me what I can't do, I you know, want to do that. So you're just giving me some education and making me become more a more conscious eater so I can make the choice. If I want a bowl of ice cream, a big old bowl of ice cream now, that's fine. I just have to, you know, again, be conscious of what I'm eating and I might not have a big bowl of ice cream tomorrow or something like that. So that was a real big, really big change for me. That's really interesting to hear that. I'm actually curious now, is that a principle that you found can be applied, you know, into business or working with other people? Um, you know, we've heard of the Pareto principle, the 80-20 principle. Um, you know, have you seen that in action or with some of the things you've been doing? Um, you know, I, I'm not sure I could draw a direct uh, parallel to that. But yeah, with the 80-20 principle, it's, it's appropriate for you know, anybody, I guess, in any kind of thing. If, to the point earlier, the person who was saying, well, I don't know if I can make money doing this or, you know, I don't have enough time to spend, you could always kind of um, explain to people that there is some option for you to do something there. You know, again, I, didn't, I don't really draw a direct parallel between the health thing and the business thing at this particular point in time. Yeah, so I, I've found that 20% uh, of my clients tend to bring in 80% of the revenue. So that's where I've kind of seen that come into play. Um, switching gears again real quick, I'm just wondering uh, if we were to take somebody and just say clean slate, you know, we want to start a business for them. Well, they want to start a business and we want to walk them through uh, what their options are. Um you know, let's say we recommend to them starting a podcast with something that they're very passionate or knowledgeable about. Mm -hmm. uh, and let's just pick a random topic of, oh man, I, I let's just say rowing. So I love rowing. Mm -hmm. Let's let's go with rowing for a minute. Uh, we want them to start a podcast. Where are some of the routes they can take to turn this into a business and, and make money with this? Just to give everyone an example of, uh, and really seeing this played out, you know, with something that neither you or I have actually done before. Um, what would you recommend to them in building a business off of that? So ways to monetize a podcast, essentially. Yeah. 
Uh, well, obviously, not obviously, but there's uh, one option is sponsorship. Um, but I think that's a little bit of a slippery slope to start a podcast believing that your primary uh, monetization is going to be sponsorship because I think it's going to take a while to kind of build up your audience and um, I, I don't know if there's some certain number you have to have X amount of downloads before someone's interested in that. I just find I, I always thought that that was going to be one of my primary ways, and I've kind of backed off of that a little bit. Um, clearly, there's options for you for someone who's doing this <clears throat> to have sponsorship in the form of affiliate uh, relationships. Uh, when you hear on a lot of podio podcast uh, you know, audiobooks.com, go here to get a free audiobook. Uh, from what I understand, that's kind of a, a call to act, not a call to action. Um, uh, they compensate you on people coming in, so it's an affiliate kind of relationship. So that's clearly you know some way to do that. Um, if you have an existing program, like when I have my coaching program all set, I'm going to start doing ads, if you will, or mentioning it on the podcast. So using it kind of as a lead generation to other revenue-producing things you do. Right. I mean, there are some things that kind of come to the top of my mind. And then there's also, also the credibility that it builds that could lead to speaking and things along those lines. Yeah, so for everybody listening in, I mean, we just took a topic that neither of us are actually working on right now, uh, but as long as you know a little bit about the topic, you could easily run with it. So um, just to show everyone what's possible out there, and you know, once you get your own health down, that's when you can start to get the business down. I'd say it's probably smarter to uh, make sure that your health is in order and then start working on the business separately. Yeah, and just one other point about that, if you're doing an interview-based podcast, a rowing interview-based podcast, you know, you're going to kind of involve yourself with other people in the rowing community, and who knows where that may lead right, from and I'm a revenue standpoint. Oh, yeah, and I'm sure you could work on sponsorships with different, you know, mm -hmm. rowing equipment manufacturers. Um, I, I personally, you, you brought up a great example. I just started with audible.com. Mm -hmm. uh, so within my podcast, there's actually like a little 20 second thing about halfway through the episode saying, you know, if you go to audible.com slash year of purpose or something or year of purpose.com slash audible, um, actually every time someone signs up for that for free audible pays me $15. Wow. Uh, so you're not going to become a millionaire overnight, but, uh, it could totally recoup the cost of you know me taking an hour or two of my time to make the podcast to publish it and upload it uh so it's a great you know it's i think it's a great opportunity there uh no matter what niche or industry you're actually in um what if somebody came to you though and really doesn't know what to go after or, or what to do and they're just totally stuck where do you even start with them to help them figure out uh where their strengths are well, again, it's it's. Uh, I think it's less about strengths and, and desires. What do you like doing? I mean, if you like doing something, one can argue you have a strength in that. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm very clear. If you, Zephin, are an accountant or a bookkeeper, and you know Microsoft Excel like the back of your hand, you just you've been doing it for 20 years. One could say that's a strength of yours. It doesn't mean that's something you want to do. It's something you enjoy doing or something you want to do in your online business. So I'm more concerned with what is it that really lights you up, that really turns you on, that you really can't wait to. It could be biking. When you get home, you just like to go biking or something like that. We'll take that and run with that. Gotcha. So, so it's not necessarily – I think that people lose their identity in what they do, right? So like they have worked in this job for 5, 10, 20, 30 years – 
and they kind of identify with this i am an accountant no you show up to work and accounting things are what you do but that is not who you are uh and we definitely lose that identity of of who we are as a person you know for me i am a rower absolutely i am someone who enjoys being by the water i'm someone who enjoys traveling and moving in different directions and uh so i think that you have a really great point there that uh to not identify necessarily with what you're doing during nine to five but what are you doing during seven to nine a.m and five to you know midnight uh throughout the day it's a great way to look at it and to find you know a good good option for a career change well, and one other thing about that, and I've learned this through other podcasts I've listened to and people talking about this, and, and different people language it differently, but basically the concept of learn, do, teach. So you could uh, be fascinated with Twitter, but you don't know a whole lot about Twitter. Well, you know what, Zephan? Go learn Twitter. Go take a couple of courses. Go read a couple of books. Go play around with it. And in, I don't know, a week, a couple weeks, you probably know more about Twitter, will know more about Twitter than 80 or 90% of the population. So you learn it, you go do it, and you know, show yourself how to get more followers and how to get more retweets and things like that, and then teach that. So it doesn't even have to be a skill that you have at work or leveraging something that you enjoy doing currently. It could be something that you've wanted to do. You have that flexibility in today's world to go teach yourself that, you know, do it and then um, teach other people. Yeah, I mean, I always share people the example of actually the first job I ever got let go or fired from was uh, in college. I always wanted to know how to use the professional digital SLR cameras. And I'd always had relatively nice point shoots and I loved taking photos, but I'd never been able to get that, you know, big clunky thing with the different lenses and I always wanted to. So I, I went out for a job as a press photographer for the local newspaper. And, you know, I I got hired somehow and they're like, all right, we need you to go out on a shoot. And I was like, well, I don't have any gear. <laughs> Fortunately, they had like three or four old cameras gathering dust in the back that still worked well enough for them. And they're like, all right, here you go. I was like, oh, crap, like, I, I need to figure out how this works now. And we live in a day and age where YouTube is your best friend. I mean, I found videos on YouTube about everything. And I don't mean just how to turn the camera on. I mean, you can find some really advanced strategies for uh -huh. how to make really good looking photos, how to edit them, how to do all sorts of stuff. Uh, unfortunately, they, they let me go a few weeks later only because I wasn't producing quickly enough and wasn't mm -hmm. learning quickly enough. But I now run a video production company and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have traded that experience for anything because I kept learning and I kept growing and now I actually sell it and, and do what I think is a pretty good job at it. So mm -hmm. um, I think that's a, a great way to look at it is learn something that you're interested in that you might not know about and then teach it to others mm -hmm. and realize that they don't have a monopoly over the market just because somebody else is teaching it too. Yes, correct. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something that's a huge barrier for entry for a lot of people is, oh, well, so-and-so is out there teaching this, so wh why should I teach it? No one's going to follow me. Well, actually, you know, look at how many car makers are out there. There's mm -hmm. a reason why there's more than just Toyota and Honda. Yeah, agreed. Totally agreed. So I'd love to... Uh, hear a little bit about you know i know you have some resources online uh you've got some mastermind groups going some really fun things uh what website should people be checking out to learn more about uh the boomer business owner podcast and both you know the services and some of the resources that you have so my website currently is the t-h-e the boomer business owner.com 
So all the websites, excuse me, all the uh, podcasts, blog posts, and things like that, uh, information about the services, they're all on there. I'm actually in the process of kind of shifting over to charlieposnick.com. So by the time this comes out, that may be available as well. But at the very least, you could always go to theboomerbusinessowner.com and access all the content, all my contact information's there, and uh, my uh, free giveaway for the email list. My new free giveaway is basically seven ways to finally create um, you know the online business you, you enjoy to create the you know entrepreneurial life of your dreams, if you will. It's not, it's not exactly the title of it, but that's the concept. Yeah. So I mean, everybody listening in, you know, this is the Life Rescripted Summit. The whole point in this is mm-hmm. looking at the script of your life and figuring out what are the parts that you want to change. And so if you're sitting here thinking, you know, I want to start a business or I want to make a change in the business I already have, uh, then I'm sure that's probably a good resource for them all to check out. Very yeah, cool. it essentially goes over you know business models. It's more for newbies, if you will, but essentially talks about different ways to monetize your information online. Gotcha, and that's exactly what people are always concerned about: is mm-hmm. how do I make money? So, mm-hmm. definitely, everyone listening in, check that out, Charlie. It's been great speaking with you today, and you know I'd love to keep in touch. Absolutely, Zevin. Thank you very much for the opportunity.